0: Hey, Saturday, December 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. I'm alone in the studio. This is the last Market Foolery of 2017. Just wanted to share a couple of thoughts to wrap up the year, share a story that hopefully has a point or two that might be worth your time. If not, no worries. We'll be back on Tuesday. The market's closed on New Year's Day, but we're back on Tuesday, January 2nd, with a preview of the Consumer Electronics Show out in Las Vegas. One housekeeping note I was asked to mention, uh, and I think I mentioned this before, we are looking for summer interns for 2018. So uh, if you're interested, go to careers.fool.com because we're looking for summer interns, uh, investing interns, tech interns, editorial careers.fool.com. So I've done a couple of solo episodes this year. I think I, I, we're closing in on somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,400 episodes of Market Foolery that we've done. and I, I think I've done about a dozen of these. so Averaging about one every 100 episodes or so. And I know that one of the ones I did earlier in the year was back in June, when there was the shooting in here in Alexandria, Virginia, not too far from Fool headquarters. The congressional uh, baseball Practice was going on, and one of the things I I said at that time was the the timeless advice from Mister Rogers: whenever there is chaos, whenever there are troubles, look for the helpers. So we'll we'll come back to that point in a minute. Last year on this episode, I talked about my experience at the Marine Corps Marathon and uh, how I ended up in a medical tent uh, and. I got some emails and questions on Twitter from listeners who had heard that one and knew that I was running the Marine Corps Marathon again this year and asking like how did it go that sort of thing. So I wanted to wanted to share how that went this year, and uh, I learned a term this year. Uh, And I I don't know if this term originated in the military. It feels like one of those terms that does that uh, that did originate in the military. And it's bluff B L U F all capital letters, which stands for bottom line up front. Which uh, I got an email uh, from someone at the U S Naval Academy, and that was it was a lengthy email, but the first line said bluff, and it was essentially here's the point of my email. So uh, in in that spirit, in the spirit of bluff, bottom line up front. Yes, for the second year in a row, I ended up in the medical tent at the Marine Corps Marathon. It was another hot day, and just like it was in 2016. And I was doing better, partly because of the advice that I got from my colleague Seth Jason in terms of how to limit my hydration throughout the race and that would help the sodium level in my body and all of that was good but it was still it was a really hot day the heat index was high and you could just see it towards the end of the race there were people getting medical attention at mile 21 through the end of the race and when i run a race i tend to notice people's shirts cuz you know, depending on how long the race is, you you, you got a lot of time, to, t- <laughs> and uh, you get a change of scenery with uh, different people running past you and that sort of thing. And so, towards the end of the race, I noticed this guy in a bright orange shirt, and he was running with, uh, and he was a younger guy, and he was running with an older guy who was wearing a bright yellow shirt, and they looked like they were, I, and I just in my head I thought they that's probably father and son right there. That's my guess. Uh, but the last few miles of the race, I, I would I would see the, the guy in the bright orange shirt, and I would I would go past him, and then I would have to stop and walk, and he would sort of go past me, and that sort of thing. Unlike last year, my legs didn't cramp up, so even though I was slowing down for the last eight miles of the race, I was I was like, okay, at least my legs are holding up, I'm good. And the Marine Corps Marathon ends at the Iwo Jima Memorial in Arlington, Virginia. Right by the Arlington National Cemetery. Right at the Arlington National Cemetery. And while most of this race, most of the twenty six point two miles, is flat, the last two hundred yards is uphill. It is <laughs> it is a brutal way to end a marathon race that it's uphill. But hey, it's their race and it is appropriate to end at the Iwo Jima Memorial. So I'm going along I get to the I get to the end. I get to that last 200 yards where you turn and you have to go up the hill to the finish line, and my left leg completely seized up on me. Just I had been fine throughout the whole race, and I'm 200 yards from the finish line, and my left leg cramped up so hard I couldn't move, and without hesitating. I feel someone coming up on my right-hand side, and it's the guy in the bright orange shirt. And he immediately comes up to me and he just says, "You are you all right? And I just sort of sputter out. My leg's cramped up. And he doesn't say a word. He immediately puts his left arm around my back. He takes my right arm, he pulls it over his shoulder, and this guy starts walking me up the hill. And. Very soon, and I look horrible. By the way, at this point, and I'm being helped up the hill by this guy. And a marine comes from the side of the road, and and she's waving to another marine across the street and indicating to me, "Hey, this guy's in trouble. Let's take this guy to a medical tent." And the guy in the orange shirt just waves them off, and and he he just says, "No, no, no. This guy's going to finish. This guy's going to finish the race." And he keeps walking me up the hill. And about seventy-five feet before the finish line, my leg uncramps, and I just I, I thank the guy and I just say you you should you should go you should go finish the race. And I hadn't really been talking to him again. I'm just assuming he's with his dad. And he says, "Are you sure you're okay?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, go, please go." And so off he goes. And he and and the guy in the yellow shirt they go ahead of me. They cross the finish line, and then that guy disappears, and I never got his name. He just appeared out of nowhere to help me. And that's when I learned the corollary to Mr. Rogers' timeless advice of look for the helpers, which is that sometimes, if you're really lucky, the helpers find you. And when that happens, take their help. (laughs) Just take their help. I get over the finish line. And a few minutes later, I'm in the medical tent. Just feeling terrible and lying on a cot, and uh, and the, the medical tent is jammed. It's a big tent. It's a it's a rectangular. It's a huge rectangular tent. And I'm sort of right near the opening, lying on a cot. They give me some ice and some Gatorade, and uh, there are all these medical volunteers. There's a young woman who's a third-year medical student from Temple University. I'm chatting with her a little bit, and uh, but I'm just uh, I'm just in a really bad way, and a uh, nurse comes over and takes my pulse and takes my pulse and she says, okay, it's 108 over 80. That's low, but I knew from talking to my colleague Seth Jason that after you run a race, it's that's not unusual that your pulse would be low. And nurse comes back maybe 15 minutes later, takes my pulse again. 90 over 74. Like, okay, all right, that's fine. Fifteen, twenty minutes later, comes back a third time, takes my pulse again. She says it's eighty-two over sixty, and I just said, um, "I'm not a doctor, but that seems like a trend that's going in the wrong direction." And she calls a doctor over to sort of ask me some questions, see how I'm doing. And I I said to him, "I said, can you? Do you want to test my blood? Because last year I was in the medical tent. They tested my blood. My sodium levels were low. They immediately got me an IV." And I wasn't in great shape, but I know that the IV helped tremendously and he says uh he says no 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 you don't I don't need to test your blood your 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 sodium level isn't low and 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 if you can picture this, I'm lying on a cot he's standing over me and i'm I'm trying to be uh i i'm I'm trying to be uh polite um, I'm also mindful of the fact that of the two of us, he's the one who went to medical school, and uh, I just said, "Well, how, how do you know my sodium level isn't low?" And he said, "Well, if your sodium level was low, you'd be incoherent; you wouldn't be making any sense; you'd be babbling." and And they had asked me a bunch of questions just to sort of get a sense of what my mental state of being was. And he said, "No, no, you're fine." And I said, oh, "Well, last year, I was perfectly perfectly coherent and making sense." and And they tested my blood and saw that my sodium level was low, and then they gave me an IV. And at that point, the doc just sort of, you know, looked at the ground for a second and sort of (laughs) took a deep breath, and then he looked me in the eye and he said, "I can't give you a blood test. We're all out of cartridges." And that's when I sort of propped myself up on my cot and looked around at the rest of the medical tent. It was the first time that I had sort of gotten out of. How I was feeling, and started to look around at the rest of the tent, and that's when I saw that there were people in there who looked so much worse than I did. There were people who were unconscious, there were people in obvious physical pain, there were people who, you know, had IVs coming out of their arms, that sort of thing. It reminded me of the of the classic television show Mash, where there would always be a scene in Mash where. Um, you know, it was just uh, set during the Korean War, and it's a medical unit, and uh, American doctors. Casualties would come in, and they would quickly triage who needs who needs to go into surgery immediately. And there would always be a soldier who's who would just say, Oh, you know, I'm I'm hurt pretty bad." And the doc would just sort of say, "Hey, you're, you're conscious. You're you're conscious. These other people, they're bleeding out. That sort of thing." And the doc didn't say that to me. Which he very well could have. He could have said, "Hey, look, man, you're you're. I know you're not feeling great, but you're better off than a lot of people." Um, But I could just sort of see, for the first time, looking around at other people. Oh, right, yeah. I don't feel good physically, and uh, it was going to be hours before I actually did feel good physically or even somewhat normal. But uh, I was so much better off than a lot of the other people in the medical tent, which brings me to point number two, which is. It's so easy in our busy lives, and and also in our finances, to just sort of focus on our own situation, which at various points in time is not always great. And sometimes that's about a single stock that you own that goes south, or just maybe you're going through a rough patch financially. But in those moments, if you have the strength to lift your head up and look around, chances are you're going to see people off who are worse than you, and that perspective can be helpful. Um, it was certainly certainly helpful for me in the medical tent. I don't know if I'm doing it next year. I don't know. I've I've gotten that question too. Uh, I know that uh, I know that uh, certainly the the first few days after the marathon, I thought, boy, I've done, I've run two marathons in my life, and I'm two for two on medical tents. Maybe this isn't my thing, but we'll see how that goes. Um, like I said, we're going to be back next week. Uh, we're off Monday for uh, the New Year's Day holiday. I can't believe I'm saying this. We're going to be starting our eighth year of Market Foolery. We started doing this in January of 2011, and when we started it, it was we had been doing Motley Fool Money for a couple of years, and we thought, let's see if we can do a daily podcast. Let's just try this for a couple of weeks, see how it goes, see if people like it, see if people listen, and uh, see if see if we're any good at it, and. Um, And here we are, we're about to start year number eight. So uh, uh, it's kind of mind blowing. I got to wrap up with a few thank yous. Uh, First to Tom and David Gardner, who started the Motley Fool and set the tone for everything we do here. And uh, it is their leadership uh, that has been one of the great constants at our company history which is, uh, gosh, what is it, 25 years? Yeah, 93. Yeah, 2018, 25 years for The Motley Fool. I have to thank the analysts. I say this every once in a while, but it's really worth reiterating that the analysts who come into this studio are not paid to come into this studio. They're paid to analyze stocks. It's only because I browbeat them. I don't browbeat all of them. Really, just Ron Gross. Really, it's just when I stand over Ron Gross and say, come on, man, I need you to come in the studio. But, uh, but they are very generous with their time, and, uh, and I so appreciate them coming in here and sharing their perspective. It's one of the things I love about this company is that not, not all of our analysts uh, agree on all the same things, which is, uh, which is great. Uh, that's where the Motley part comes in. The man behind the glass is producer Dan Boyd, and he makes everything work. He makes he's he's the reason you you're actually listening to the podcast. He does all the tech stuff, whether it's here or whether we go on the road. Um, and he is great at his job, and he is incredibly patient with me. so um, dan dan is Dan's one of the reasons the Motley Fool is a great place to work. so. I don't know what I'm going to do if Dan ever leaves this place but uh but thank you so much to Dan Boyd and last but not least, thank you to you for listening. It is the single greatest professional compliment I can imagine that you choose to listen to this podcast or any of the Motley Fools podcasts because we all have different amounts of money, but we all have the same amount of time, and that's how we think of. That's part of how we think about our podcast. Is that you're listening and you've got a wallet full of time, and we want to reward you for your investment of time, so that you'll come back the next day and the next day and the next week, and spend more time with us. And uh, it's such a pleasure to come in here and to have the chance to do this. And we never take the fact that you choose to listen for granted. to go back to the helper theme for a second. That's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help the world invest better. We're trying to help you invest better. And um, we so appreciate your taking the time to listen. Tomorrow is New Year's Eve. As my father used to say, it is the night that the amateur drunks are out. So, please be careful. Have a good time, but please be careful, please be safe. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in 2018.